something great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 40 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho, here for another podcast. Can't believe this is number 40. Been doing this for 40 episodes now. Uh, and we got a lot to talk about tonight and not a lot of time. Um, as I've said, you know, over the past couple episodes that uh, my free time, if you will, is, is dwindling down to almost nothing in uh I'm sitting here. It is Sunday. It is Sunday, December 1st right now. It's 4.42 p.m. as I begin recording this podcast. And um, I do have to be at work tonight at midnight. So I am about to get some sleep. But I am going to record episode 40 uh, before I do that. So um, we're going to go through. We're not going to talk about the match against uh, Vizela. All right. We're not going to talk about that one. Uh, Befica, listen played horribly embarrassing performance uh but Befica found their way through to the next round we're in the round of 16 of the Taça de Portugal we will be playing Sporting Braga in that next round at home on the new pitch at the Stadio de Luz so that is something to uh look forward to um horrible performance in Vizela nothing to mention other than a goal from RDT and a goal from from my cousin Vinny who is on quite a roll and uh, Befica advance against what I incorrectly called an amateur side in the past. That was very much a semi-professional side. Difference is that there's there's uh, a lot of quote-unquote professional players on that team, even though they play in the Campeonato Portugal. Campeonato Portugal, the third division in Portugal, comprises of both amateur and professional teams. I have been corrected, and I stand corrected. Vizela is one of the the professional teams. They are professional. They're they are a majority of professional players on that team and there's a lot of first division uh, experience in that team that said that's no excuse for the performance Befica put on on that day um, on the same day where our former coach won a continental title in South America that's right I was watching that with two TVs I had one TV on Befica Vizela or Vizela Befica I should say and the other on River Plate and Flamengo in the Copa Lib final 
say what you want about George Jesus. Love him, hate him. Some of us like him. Some of them, some of us want him back. Some of us don't. Some of us uh, hate him. Consider him a traitor. Um, with with the the luxury of having hindsight now, and hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, I don't hold anything against George Jesus at this point. I think the, who betrayed Befica was was Luis Felipe Vieira. It was not George Jesus. Luis Felipe Vieira had a plan. George Jesus was in the way. Okay, it, it's obvious now. The way that we have uh, the way we have built the current squad would never have happened with JJ staying at Befica. It's obvious that. LFV that Luis Felipe Vieta had to remove JJ in order to uh, to to carry out this plan that he has of building from within, which isn't all bad. But you know, um, George Jesus would not have stood for starting eighteen-year-olds in the Champions League and and uh, taking a team with no ex- no Champions League experience into that competition. Um, George Jesus would have demanded. Much better signings from the club. And the fans would have been 100% behind George Jesus in demanding that. And Luis Felipe Vieira knew that. And Luis Felipe Vieira knew that George Jesus had to be removed. And he didn't want to be the bad guy in it. So he made him a, a pathetic offer. Knowing, I think he knew full well that Brun Carvalho was going to come across the Skuncerklad. And was going to offer JJ a ridiculous contract. And for those people who think he left Benfica, you know, in a bad spot. Hey, he left Benfica with a team that won two more championships. And he went to our rivals and riddled them with debt, not us. So if anyone wants to call JJ a traitor, I think it's our rivals. I think with time, it, it is crystal clear now that, um, that, um, Luis Felipe Vieira is the one to blame for JJ leaving, not JJ. That being said, congratulations to him. It was uh, for me. I, uh, I, you know, I I got a bit emotional seeing the Portuguese flag wrapped around the coaching staff in the in the Copa Libertadores. So that that was special for me. I know not everybody likes him. I know we we can agree to disagree on this, um, but nonetheless, an accomplishment. Two goals from Gabi Gol, a guy who's worn our crest before. Um, not sure why he wasn't given a real chance to make it in this team. But then again, neither were some other players. Um, with that said, okay, Befica not good on that day. Befica then goes to East Ger- the former East Germany to play RB Leipzig. And we'll talk about that match today in a bit of a more accelerated format. All right, not the usual minute by minute, but we'll talk more in general general terms about it. But um, Befica goes and puts on their first, I in my opinion, first good performance in the Champions League. Yes, it, it sucks to lose. We didn't even lose, and it feels like a loss. It sucks to drop two points in, in stoppage time with a two-goal lead like that yeah Bruno Elijah made a couple of errors probably in his man management but overall I when I saw that game I said well you know I was hoping that this was going to be the the fulcrum if you will to switch to switch the the momentum for the season the fork in the road where we get our club and get our team back going in the right direction um if yesterday's game with Maritim was any indication and it's too early to tell but if it was then I think Hopefully, Befica have turned a corner here, and we're going to start to improve. We'll talk about that today, all right? There's going to be no news in this episode. Uh, we'll return to the news next week. Um, just simple things that happened uh, in the, during the week. Um, like we said, we had the drawing, and we, we drew Sporting Braga in the Portuguese Cup uh, round of 16. Um, we had a 5-5 draw yesterday for for futsal against... Um, uh, against who did they play? 
and I'm drawing a blank now, but they had a 5-5 draw. They were down 5-2, and they came back and made it 5-5. All right. Um, basketball victorious in uh, in in Slovakia this weekend against Bratislava. All right, Inter Bratislava basketball on their way to the second round of the FIBA Europe Cup. They won the group. Congratulations to Carlos Lisboa and his squad. Uh, we got the women's team picked up two more victories. Okay, they won last week. Uh, against uh, and, uh, and now the the team is escaping me again. I'm sorry. I'm really unprepared for this one tonight, um, given what my schedule is. But uh, also beating Valadares Gaia yesterday six nil in a rematch of last year's Cup final. Benfica women still perfect on the season, still top of the table. But when we come back, all right, we're gonna pay a bill really quickly. We're gonna talk about. RB Leipzig 2, Benfica 2, UEFA Champions League match day 5. Stay right there. Mr. Benfica, don't forget to follow me on social media on Twitter at Benfica Mister, on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook just put Mr. Benfica in your search bar and you will find the Facebook page for the show. Let's go back a little bit in time, back to Tuesday. All right, last Tuesday we had we had RB Leipzig and Benfica playing in match day five of the UEFA Champions League in the city of Leipzig in the former East. Germany. Let's go right into the lineups for this match. We will start with RB Leipzig, the German side. In goal, Peter Gulasi. The four men backline in their 4-4-2. Lucas Klosterman, Ethan Empadu, Deo Upamenacano, 
and Marcello Saracci. Four-man midfield, Marcel Sabitzer, Conrad Leimer, Diego Deme, and Emil Forsberg. Up front, up front, Leipzig would go with Christian Nkunku and, of course, the one that killed us in match day one, Timo Werner. Benfica would also go in a 4-4-2. Um, Bruno Lage would go with Odie in goal. Andre Almeida as the right back, Ruben and Fehu as the center back pairing with Grimaldo at the left. No change there. Midfield, a little bit of a change, and uh, this was a good decision, I think, by Bruno Lage. Um, one of it's one of the first um, good decisions he's made. That, I, I shouldn't say it quite like that, but yeah, it's one of the first good decisions he's made this season. Um, Abel Terapt goes into the starting lineup, um, pairing up with Gabriel at the center of midfield. Franco Cervi on the left, Pizzi on the right, and up front, the man of the moment, Carlos Vinicius, starts at striker alongside Chiquinho, who's also in good form right now. So, but if you got, go into this match in an all-or-nothing um, scenario, they had to win, had to get points, uh, having known already the result of the other match in the group and that that uh, Zenit St. Petersburg had already won against Lyon. And knowing that Benfica, the train would be would basically leave at this point if Benfica don't get the three points, they would miss the train to the round of sixteen. Um, Benfica comes out intelligently, in my opinion. Um, they come out uh, with a good game plan. They come out looking for the result, but also they they're very well organized. And it looked like this this partnership of Gabriel and Tarapt really um, really really gave Benfica something different. Plus, I think removing the traditional holding midfielder gave Benfica more flexibility in midfield and gave them a chance to do some more things. Um, as great as Florentino is, like uh, I've said before, when the ball comes to him, the other team knows that that next pass is going laterally or it's going back. Uh, very little chance that it's going forward. Um, here you got two guys that can go forward in Gabriel and in Tarapt. Um, may have left Benfica a little bit exposed defensively, but in a game where Benfica had to get a result, had to go forward, um, I think it was a good gamble, and it, it nearly paid off. All right. We know the final result was Leipzig 2, Benfica 2. Um, Benfica would, would come out s s intelligently, like I said. And as you go through the, the moments in the match, it is... Benfica absorbing some pressure in the first 15 minutes, okay? Um, doing a good job to do so also, I have to say. Um, all the passing lanes are cut off. I thought this was defensively one of Benfica's best performances I've seen in a long time, at least up to the, you know, the 90-minute mark. Um, Benfica really just cutting off passing lanes. Yeah, yeah, RB Leipzig is possessing and whatever. Let them possess. They're at home. We're the ones that needed a result. We're playing on the road. It's okay to let them possess. Benfica held a good line. They had two solid um, defensive lines there that were very hard to play in between and very hard to break down. They forced a lot of back and a lot of sideways passes for Leipzig for the German side. But um, ultimately, this would turn out to be a very German performance by Leipzig. And what I mean by that is that German teams are known that it's never over until the final whistle when you're playing against Germans. And this game was no exception to that. This game proved that as uh, Leipzig were down 2-0, you know, going, you know, very close to the 90th minute. And they just continued to believe it. And unfortunately, um, you know, a bit of a soft penalty 
And I'll say it was soft. It was a penalty, but it was soft. Um, in this age of VAR, again, I'll say it. I can't contradict myself just because this one went against Benfica. In this age of VAR, that's a penalty kick. There's a time and place where that wouldn't be called. And um, certainly, you know, Forsberg scoring on the penalty kick gave brand new hope to uh, to Leipzig. And, of course, with nine minutes of stoppage time, <laughs> You know, plenty of time. There's a, a big chunk of the game still to go, and Benfica, unfortunately, unable to hang on. Um, but it was a very, very good performance. Um, in the 20th minute, Benfica will get the goal against the run of play as PZ makes it one nothing after a neat passage of build-up play sees Vinicius flick it into the path of Terapt on the left-hand side of the box, and then Terapt squares the ball into the center, and it eventually picks out PZ, who drills it bottom right-hand corner. And the man, Ujedus Monks, as some of, some of you call him, um, PZ scores in Europe for everyone who says he never shows up in the big games or never shows up in Europe. PZ scores. Good goal. And Benfica look full of confidence after that goal. And they start to really build up some, some great play as, um, you know, two minutes later, another opportunity when there's a defensive error by Forsberg, allowing Benfica to play into a pocket of space. And, you know, Benfica would, would come up short on that next counterattack, but Benfica would have a 30-yard free kick a little bit, uh, two minutes after that. And it, it would end up being del uh, cleared by, by Leipzig. But Benfica really, you know, giving it uh, a good effort. And at halftime going in, 1-0 was really uh, a good result. And, um, of course, I'm watching this game at work. I have a tiny little screen, you know, a tiny little box on the corner of my screen where I've got the game on. To some extent, I've got it on. I don't um, have it on all the time because I was actually working, and I do need my work, so I couldn't afford to be fired for watching football on the job. But I did have it there, and I would keep glancing, keep checking. Um and I was very happy to go into the, into the team room uh, ahead 1-0. What I wanted, as so many others wanted in this game, was for Benfica to just be competitive and to compete and not be embarrassed. Um, I had very, very little expectation for this match. Um, I, had, I didn't even plan to watch it, to be honest with you. But then, of course, you know, game time rolled around. I had to, I had to bring up the game on my screen, put it on the corner of my work screen, and uh, keep, you know, keep, keep peeking in at it. But um, early on, you know, I didn't expect anything from this game. Uh, so I guess we got something. And to be honest with everybody, I can't. This is not the game that knocked us out of out of the Champions League. Well, it is the game that mathematically eliminated us. You know, had we played like this in a few of the previous seven, uh, the previous four matches. Okay, I think we would be in good shape right now going into the last match day playing at home, probably, you know, with good chance to secure a spot in the last 16. Instead, we decided to experiment. We decided to to play a, you know, a young, inexperienced team through much of this group phase. And this was the first game where really that was thrown out the window and, and Lijah went all in. Lijah, whoever's telling him who to pick, went all in. And uh, put the best team they could on the pitch, I think, that day. They did do that. Uh, at the very least, it gives me the sensation or the it gives me the feeling that, you know, we were playing to win. And it's not all about selling players and selling the kids and 
because this has really turned into a showpiece for future talent. It looks like Benfica uses the Champions League group phase as a shop window rather than an opportunity to to improve and an imp- an opportunity to grow the stature of the club around Europe and a chance to get into the round of 16. You know, we missed on it this year. We're going to go into the final game of the season, the whole uh, final game of the Champions League group phase, I should say. Um, needing a 2-0 victory to move on to the Europa League at this point. And this is a big a big game for those of you watching the coefficient race um, because, you know, we have a chance to essentially eliminate Russia, you know, knock another Russian team out of Europe altogether and book ourselves a spot in the round of 32 for the Europa League and hopefully get a fresh restart in the spring when, when Europa League play resumes. Um, second half... More of the same from Befica, well-organized, um, closing down the passing lanes. And the notes here say that Befica entered the second half with a 1-0 lead courtesy of PZ Strike, despite RB Leipzig controlling large swaths of play. You know, um, Forsberg rejected the host, registered the host's first chance of the game when he sliced an early effort over the box, but it was Befica who took the lead in the 20th minute. When PZ drilled home following Tarap's cross from the left, RB Leipzig then recorded a number of good chances through the likes of Nkunku and Sabitzer, while the latter also had a goal disallowed in the 37th minute. But Mefica held on to their lead heading into the break, and I think that Fatmob here not giving enough credit to Benfica, whoever writes that report, to Benfica's defensive organization. Um, again, uh, Ruben Diaz back there is just an absolute general. He's an absolute general, having one heck of a season. And um, if you don't know, he renewed for you know he renewed his contract. I think he just added some salary. It wasn't even much of a of a uh, change in the in the exit clause. But he joins Grimaldo in renewing his sal his contract, and really. Um, Hopefully we hold on to this guy, but I don't know. He's becoming a very, very good central defender and could have, a, you know, if he has a very good Euro 2020 this summer, it may become impossible to hold on to him. And then we go into the second half. Tarap sees a yellow card in the 52nd minute um, for a, an aerial clash with Limer. Um RB Leipzig will make their first substitution in the 56th minute. Nordi Mukieli would come in for Ethan Empadu. And um, Sibitzer would give a chase to a looping ball in the Benfica area. But Vlakodimoz was on his feet and quick to get to the ball and beat the winger and firmly punch it away. And then a minute later in the 59th, we get on the counterattack. Another nice assist from Tarapt as he plays in Vinicius all alone. And my cousin Vinny finishes. And it is 2 to nothing to Benfica. And at this point, this is when I was believing. And, you know, I was actually helping a co-worker with the problem. And the the co-worker to my the right side of my desk, um, who is an avid sports gambler, a very good one, too, Um Saw an alert on his screen come up, and he told me to stop what I'm doing, and <laughs> and that I might want to maximize my little box on the corner of my screen. I p- 
pull it up just in time thanks to the delay. And I see Vinicius bury the second goal of the game. And my cousin Vinny does it again. And what form this guy is on right now. He's on an absolute goal-scoring tear. And uh, very much deserving of this starting spot he's been given at in the previous couple of matches. And again, the, the assist comes from Terapt. Uh, he teed up Vinicius for the finish. The striker had plenty to do with it, but but it was a great ball from Adele Terapt. And then the Brazilian striker showed great composure to pick out the bottom corner in such a high-pressure situation. And yes, he's playing well under pressure right now, Carlos Vinicius. 64th minute. And Julian Nagelsmann, one more time, will go to the bench. The young uh, up-and-coming coach for RB Leipzig. He would bring on Ivan Movongo in place of Petr Gulasi. That's a goalkeeping substitution. Um, as a rare change where the, where there is a goalkeeping, uh, a goalkeeping change in a Champions League match, no less. And then another, the final substitution for RB Leipzig in the 70th minute. Patrick Schick comes on for Marcello Saracci. Benfica still playing with the same 11. No changes yet for Benfica until the 82nd minute. And it's the customary striker for striker switch that Bruno Lage likes to do. As, as Raul de Tomas comes on for Carlos Vinicius. And in the 84th minute, he's very close to picking up a third goal, or I should say picking up Efika's third goal. This was a nice strike from very long distance from about midfield. He spotted Mavongo off his line. Goalkeepers retreating in order to try to get to the Tomaj's effort. But fortunately for the German side, the ball was just wide because the keeper was beat. And in the 86th minute, Efika doing well to frustrate the Leipzig attack still. Uh, Sabitzer's latest effort is to launch a long ball into the box, being easily cut out by the defense, and this is what we were forcing. It was, it was a thing of beauty. I have to say, this was a thing of beauty defensively from Befica up until the very end of this match, right up until the the collapse. But all the passing lanes were were non-existent. They were all cut off. We forced them to just send in long balls, and our backs, you know, facing the play. We're always in position and winning winning those balls in the air. However, disaster strikes in the 88th minute. Sabitzer drills a long ball into the box, which is brought under control by Schick. And the forward then goes to ground under the challenge of Ruben Dias. After he initially flicked the ball over the defender's head, the referee points to the spot with no hesitation. And that's a yellow card to Ruben Dias. And it's going to be Forsberg taking the penalty kick. Um, I think this was some hard luck for Benfica. Like I said, it was the slightest of touches. But the rules are the rules, and it is a penalty kick. And Forsberg makes it 2-1 to one as he steps up with confidence and makes no mistake from the spot, sending Vlakudimic the wrong way and striking the ball down the middle of the net. Emil Forsberg with his first of the match. That was in the 90th minute, and with... Nine minutes of added time. At this point, I thought that you know we were in trouble, and then this substitution did not <laughs> did not give me any further uh, any further confidence as Laj opts opts to bring in Caio Lucas in place of PZ. Don't understand this one. Uh, most of you don't. I've seen the frustration. The only thing I can think of was that he's looking for a guy 
to help uh, Benfica in transition. Hold on to the ball. He's looking for a dribbler that can carry the ball into space and to relieve the pressure a little bit off the dribble. Um, like all of you, I think that this was a this was, you know, the time to bring in Florentino Luis or to bring in Jardel and make him and have him play between the other two center backs. You play with three central defenders. You know, nine minutes to hold on. You know that you know that RB Leipzig are going to push forward again. Very German performance from from Leipzig. That's you know the best I can say about it. That's the most accurate way to describe it. Very German performance. And they start looping balls forward. And eventually, unfortunately, um, the ball finds its way to Timo Werner. There he is again. Uh, excellent forward, Timo Werner, down the left. And he manages to pick out an, uh, an, uh, the unmarked run of Emil Forsberg. And with a perfect cross right onto Forsberg's head between the two central defenders. He keeps his cool, heads it to the far post, out of Odie's reach, and heartbreak, absolute heartbreak. As my stomach sunk when I saw this, even though I could see it coming from a mile away, I still sunk as Benfica's Champions League run ends right there at that moment as the ball hits the back of the net. The Red Bull Arena goes Goes absolutely bananas as their team now pretty much set to advance. And it's 2-2. Two to two, A f- brilliant finish from Forsberg. Fantastic player he is. And um, absolute heartbreak for Benfica. And Lige will bring on Jota in the 90th plus 8 to replace Cervi. In hopes of trying to get one more effort. But it was not meant to be. The referee would blow his whistle for full time at 90 plus 10. And RB Leipzig secure qualification for the Champions League last 16 for the first time in history, courtesy of Forsberg's late header. The German side dominated large portions of the match, but they fell behind after 20 minutes when Pizzi made it 1-0. This is the recap, of course. Um... With his drilled finish, Lige's side then doubled the advantage after the break when Vinicius broke free before nestling the ball beyond Gulasi and into the bottom corner. But RB Leipzig then started creating more chances and worked their way back into the match late on. The likes of Werner and Schick both had chances to break the host stuck, but they were granted a route back into the game when Diaz fouled Schick inside the box. Forsberg scoring from the spot, of course, reduced the lead to 2-1 to one before his final goal in the 90th plus would secure the point and send the German side to the round of 16. Benfica eliminated. Um, just some quick final thoughts on this match. We needed better, I guess. Um, we needed a better result, obviously, but... Um, all in all, this was Benfica's best match of the group stage. It's hard to uh, it's hard to to be upset with the the effort and with the the performance for the majority of the match. And um, really, it's the other matches that leave that leave a bad taste in my mouth because, all things considered, this would have been a great result if not for the other results. All right, had had we not put ourselves in the situation we were in in a must win in Germany in match day five. I think this would have been a fantastic result, even surrendering two goals late and squandering two points. It would have still been a good result if we had not had such a poor showing in the first four matches of the group stage. 
However, um, I'm really hopeful that this was the first step in Befica turning a corner and starting to play better. Um, Befica competed, which which I'm pleased with. I'm I'm happy with. Um, it's not that I'm I'm gonna justify not winning, okay, or that I'm asking for anything less than victories. But um, compared to the 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 performances we've been putting on all season, this was this was pretty good. And um, I'm hoping that it is going to start the ball rolling now as we head into the middle third of the season. And this is this is the time in the calendar where Benfica typically start to pick it up and start to play better. I'm hoping that this will be much of the same this year because all things considered, despite our poor performances, uh, at least in the league, we're in good shape. You know, we're top of the table. We've only dropped three points so far this season. And, you know... This time last year, we were way behind. So if we can start to play well now, I think we can still secure this. T- we can still be the favorite for this title. And if we can get that victory in match day six and go into the Europa League, maybe we can have some aspirations of doing something in the Europa League. But that's a wrap on match day five in the Champions League. We do have one more match December the 10th before we say goodbye to the Champions League for another year. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, okay? And on the other side of the break, we will talk about Befica Maritimu from yesterday, from Saturday, November the 30th, okay? Liga Nage round 12. This is Mr. Befica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. And, of course, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 40. And before we go any further, I just want to give a little update. Um, this happened while I was recording the last uh, the last segment that you just heard. It is official now. Uh, congratulations to Portugal's beach soccer team. They have just won the World Cup for the second time in history, this time beating Italy 6-4 to in the final down in Paraguay. So, um so a great, a great uh, accomplishment for Portuguese football as we continue to be. Uh, Portuguese football continues to perform at a very high level in all of the different variations of football. Whether it is, it is you know traditional eleven v eleven football, where we are champions of Europe and winners of the Europa, the UEFA Nations League, excuse me, and futsal where we are european champions as well as now beach soccer world champions congratulations to all involved in that project and we move forward now to yesterday's match benfica versus maritimo on the brand new hybrid pitch at the stadio de luge the pitch looked great it looked like it played well um let's go into the lineup starting with the visiting maritimo side all right and maritimo would line up in a formation of 4-4-2 with Amir Abedeze in goal. They're back four. Nanu on the right. Hene in the middle along with Douglas Groli. And Ruben Ferreira is the left back. Four-man midfield. Edgar Costa on the right. Pedro Palagio in the middle with Josep Vuksovic. And the Brazilian Marcelinho on the left. Up front, Japanese Dezan Mieda. He would partner up with Jetterson. 
Benfica would come out in their normal 4-4-2 as Bruno Lage would stick with uh, with the same 11 he went with in Leipzig on in the midweek. So Odie's in goal. Andre Almeida is the right back with Ruben Diaz and Ferru in the middle. Grimaldo is the left back. Pizzi on the right side of the midfield. Terrapt and Gabriel partnering up in the middle. And Franco Cervi is the left-sided midfield with the forward tandem of Chiquinho playing in between uh, Vinicius and the rest of the team. So Carlos Vinicius gets another start. Chiquinho playing in right behind him a little bit. So Benfica comes out, and right off the bat, I think it, they started well. Um, they It was not a perfect game by any means, and it was not a strong opponent, so I'm keep all of this in context. But they did a lot of the things that I've wanted them to do. A lot of combination plays, a lot of... Um, exploiting of open space uh good wide play from from all the wide players whether it was Almeida, Pizzi, Grimaldo or Cervi um good midfield play from from Terapt especially uh as he was was feeding balls in and of course uh good finishing from Carlos Vinicius all right so originally this was this had been a hat trick for Vinicius today the league announced that the that they have ruled Benfica's third goal Vinicius's second a, an own goal which I disagree with because he struck the ball and put it in clear path for the goal all right um yes the defender touched it last but had the defender not touched it last that ball was going in uh a little bit of, of I think I think uh, that's a little bit of, of thievery going on by the league there in terms of statistics, especially 24 hours later to, to come out with a, a, a line like that. I'm not a fan of that. And, um, again, Carlos Vinicius, my cousin Vinny, is having a fantastic run of form right now. Um, Benfica's first goal would come in the seventh minute. Benfica getting going early. This reminded me a little bit of last year. And... Um, I got a little excited watching this match. I'm not going to lie. I sat there on the couch watching this match, you know, uh, explaining to my three-year-old son. I said, I think we've got our team back, son. I think we've got our team back. And he says, why don't we have our team? Where did they go? And I, so I explained they hadn't played well lately. But um, an assist from Carlos Renicius on this play. And it was peasy. Uh, adding to his goal tally. Peasy scores his ninth of the season. He is top of the league. Fantastic number for a midfield player. Nine goals in 12 matches for the Portugal International and an assist from Vinicius. Um, Benfica would, would continue to control the match and it wouldn't be long before they do it again. It would be the 16th minute and this time it is Carlos Vinicius with a left-footed shot from the center of the box. To the bottom left corner, this time assisted by PZ as the two players just reverse roles. And they are now the top two. They are the top two goal scorers in the Liga Nage as it stands right now. Nice pass from PZ. And then a left-footed shot from Vinicius makes it 2-0. As we continue to move through this match, we're going to go really quickly. I do apologize, but I do have to get to sleep uh, and try to get a little bit of sleep before I start my week in about five hours, five, six hours from now. Um, and of course, <laughs> for those of you that um, aren't familiar with where I live, uh, we've got a snowstorm going on already. Uh, so I'm going to have to navigate through about anywhere from six inches to a foot of snow on the road to get to work tonight. Um, 
21st minute, we have an attempt missed by Shikinu. Right-footed shot from outside the box. Misses to the left. Fouled by Gabriel in the 23rd. Um, he he didn't have his best game. And it, it pains me to see Gabriel in this form. Um, ever since he came back from this injury, he, he, he looks like he, you know, he knows he can do much better. He, he, his head knows what he needs to do, and his body is just not going along with it right now. And, of course, what would happen to him later in the match um, further frustrate the situation for him. And, and, like I say, it pains me to see such a quality player struggle right now and just struggle so poor, so much so. And he's playing so poorly right now. And um, his fitness is low. We, you can see that. Anyone can. But I do believe he's working at it. But, obviously, a setback would come in the second half of this game. Um as he would also pick up his first yellow card, 26th minute for a, a bad foul on Jetterson, okay? And Gabriel goes into the referee, who I don't even, Fabio Verissimo, his name shouldn't even be mentioned, but he does it again. Uh, why this guy is allowed to, to referee any matches Benfica are involved in, why he's allowed to referee any matches in the professional level, period, is beyond me. This guy is, is atrocious. Um, whether he's on the pitch as the man in the middle or he's up in the booth doing the VAR, he's just he's just not a good referee. There's it's just his decisions are horrible. And two minutes later, Fehu will go into his book for a foul on Marcelinho. However, thirtieth minute, Befica would would find the back of the goal again, and this is the said goal where it would be Carlos Vinicius originally being given credit for the goal with his left foot from the center of the box into the bottom left corner. Uh, it would later be ruled an own goal, but again, this assist would come. This one was on a cross. Uh, I believe it was from Andrea Almeida. And Benfica would then go into the halftime team talk with a 3-0 lead. Um... Maritimo would, would make a substitution in the first half still just before halftime due to an injury as Jetherson would leave uh would leave and no excuse me that was forget what I just said that was not a substitution that was Jetherson with a missed effort from outside the box assisted by Nanu um and we go into the second half now Benfica make a sub right off the bat Under Almeida's uh day is done uh, remember, he played in the Champions League. It was his first Champions League appearance this season. And it is obvious Andre Almeida probably not fit to play two matches in the same week. Um, so Tomáš Tavares getting some valuable minutes. And see, I'm not against using Tomáš Tavares. I, I have kind of blasted the kid a little bit in the past. But these are the games where he should be getting the experience, not in the Champions League. Um Throughout this, this group phase, Andre Almeida should have been saved for the Champions League, and Tomas Tavares is more than up to task for, for matches in our league. Okay, He's not going to be exposed by most teams in our league. Um, this time, you know, the manager seems to have gotten it right, and he brings Tomas Tavares in as a substitute. Uh, gives an early day for Andre Almeida. And Befica would continue to press on, continue to look forward, and trying to get a fourth as it would finally come in the 54th minute. And it would be Vinicius one more time. A left-footed shot from the center of the box into the bottom right corner. Uh, he would he would bury it past 
Amir's uh, outstretched left hand. And Befica go ahead 4-0. And Edder Kasha would be shown a yellow card a minute later for a bad foul on on uh, Tumaj Tavaj. And we continue through the match. And then the moment comes in. The 59th minute, a bad foul again. This time it's Gabriel once again fouling Marcelinho once again. And the referee gives uh, gives Gabriel his second yellow card and his marching orders. Um, you know, you see him just trying so hard to try to get himself fit. And he's trying to run down loose balls. And he's trying to... To just get his rhythm back and get his level back. And then, you know, he overdoes it here. He overcommits and he ends up getting himself booked for the second time. And again, my man Gabriel is hitting the showers early. It's uh, unfortunately ascending off um, the last thing he needed right now because now he's going to be suspended. I do believe, however, he can serve the suspension on Tuesday in the Tasa de Liga against Sporting de Covilha. And um, I do believe we can have him back for Boa Vista. Next weekend. few more substitutions. Maritimo would bring in Eva Erivaldo for Marcelinho. Benfica will bring in Raul de Tomás for Carlos Vinicius once again. The customary like-for-like switch that Bruno Lage loves so much. Um, 73rd minute. It would be Jorge Correa replacing Josip Vukovic. And another substitution now in the 75th. Again, it's Maritimo, it's it's Frank Yves, Bambok, replacing Pedro Palaju. And Befica would bring on Jota in the 80th to replace Cervi. And Jota would have an opportunity here as we move forward towards the end of the match. He would be brought down in the area, and it looked to be a clear penalty. Uh, the referee, Fabio Verissimo, was having none of it, um, not even a VAR check, and... Not under, not sure how you can send a player off without a VAR check, and then you know again with a a clear a clear you know chance for penalty at least to raise some doubt. But nope, the referee ha- is having nothing of it, and um, Fabio Verissimo continues to do what he does to Benfica. But on this day, he wasn't going to hurt the overall the result. The match ends four nil to Benfica. And let's go to the standings now. All right, we're going to go right into the table in the Liga Nage. Um, as it stands right now, now a few teams have not played yet this week. So keep that in mind as you're listening to the show. Uh, right now, Benfica are top of the table with 33 points, 11 victories, and one defeat. Porto are second. Right now, five points back, but a match in hand. They've got 28 points, nine victories, one draw, one defeat. They play tomorrow, Monday, December 2nd, uh, against Hiwav, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they have 28 points. Like I said, they're five back. If they win their match in hand, they'll still be two back. Third is Family Count, who lost yes to Bo, they lost to Boavista this week. Sorry, not Boavista. They lost to Portimonense earlier today, um, but they are still third. They have twenty four points. Sporting are fourth with twenty points. Um, they must have not done well today either, because they were fourth with twenty points when I checked earlier. If I'm not mistaken, oh, they play again. 
Let me see here. Sporting would, would lose today 3-1 to one to Gil Vicente. Okay, so Vitor de Oliveira gets another victory against the top uh, big three club. So Sporting still fourth on 20 points. Fifth is Boavista. They've got 18 points, four victories, six draws, two defeats. Befica are headed to Boavista next Friday for round 13. That's right, they're playing on Friday this week. So mark your calendars and your DVRs. Make sure you get that match recorded. Victoria Guimarães are sixth on 17 points. Gil Vicente, seventh with 16 points. And then Rio Ave, Braga, and Tondela, eighth, ninth, and tenth, respectively, all on 15 points. Moreirense right behind them in, with 14, as is Bolinense Sad. Santa Clara's 13th with 13 points. Vitoria Stubal also on 13 points. Portimonense, 15th with 11. Maritimu. 16th on 11, and in the drop zone, you got Passos Ferreira and Sportive de Zavs right now. Okay, so real quickly, I'm going to review Benfica's upcoming schedule as we look into the month of December. And again, I don't know how many episodes I'm going to be putting out this month of December. This is a crazy month for me. So if you don't hear from me for a week or two, don't panic. Mr. Benfica will be back, um, and I will I will do my best to communicate with everyone uh, via the various platforms. But we've got this Tuesday, December 3rd, Sporting de Cuvillan hosting Benfica in the League Cup. Friday, December the 6th, Boavista hosting Benfica in the Liga Nage, round 13. And then Tuesday, December the 10th, it's Benfica hosting Zenit in the UEFA Champions League. We will say goodbye to the Champions League in that match uh, for another season. And then Saturday the 14th, we have Benfica home to Famalicão. And then Thursday, December the 19th, we have Benfica home to Braga in the Portuguese Cup. And according to this, two days later, on December the 21st, at Vitória Stubal in the League Cup. And that will close out 2019 for Benfica. So that's what we're looking at going forward. Um, just a couple quick other things here. Uh, the scoring leaders right now, like we've said, uh, PZ is top with... With nine goals, Carlos Vinicius now second in the league. For now, um, some players still have to play this week. But for now, he is second in the league with seven goals. One ahead of Zé Luiz, uh, Fabio Martins, and a few others. Um, so we'll see how this goes. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic for the first time in a long time about this squad. And um, Tuesday's match is one we just we have to win. Um I know he's probably going to rest players. There'll be squad rotations because it is the League Cup, but it's an. I think it's important for Benfica to to put on a dominating performance, and I think he has to field a strong enough team to get the job done because we do need to advance in the League Cup. We need to be part of that Final Four. All right, we it's a trophy that we dominated for the first almost decade of its existence, and now it's been a few years since we've lifted it. Um, I know a lot of people don't value it. I do. I think when you're Benfica, you got to play to win every competition you're in um, when you have a strong enough team. And I think we have the depth to do it. Domestically, we have plenty of depth. It's not like, um, you know, European football. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll have a good performance on Tuesday. Obviously, Friday, important, massive game. We're playing the fifth-place team. We're going to their house, all right? They've beaten us there in the past. I believe they beat us there last year. Um 
So we need to be ready to go in and put in a solid performance. All right, Befica needs to play hard, needs to play smart, and we need to capitalize on our opportunities and keep finding the back of the net and get that rhythm going because I want to see us turn that corner and be that Benfica we know we can be, the Benfica we saw for the entirety of the second half of last season. I want to see that come back, okay? The first half of the season is winding down, no question about it. And we got in early January, we'll have our our match with Sporting. Um, at the Alvalade, which will be the end of the first, the first uh, Primera Volta, the first round of games, if you will, the first half of the season um, for this this 2019-2020 season. So the matches are going to come fast now. Uh, hopefully, Benfica can continue to play well. I'm a little bit nervous about the Christmas break coming up because we play the 21st of December and then we don't play again until like the 6th of January. Hopefully, uh, Benfica can stay fresh in that time. They have not come back from international breaks well this season, so I, you know, I'm obviously going to be concerned about a Christmas break as well. But right now, I think we got to get on this wave and just ride it and start getting some results. Um, thank you for sticking with me through this abbreviated episode of Mr. Befica. I do apologize for the abbreviated nature of it. Um, a lot of the the components you're used to were not used today. Um, hopefully, you know, bear with me through this next month. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit inconsistent. Uh, my my workday is going to run from about midnight until 7 p.m. every day. So uh, with about two hours off between 9 and 10 in the morning, between 9 and 11 in the morning. So uh, bear with me. It's going to be a challenge, but I am going to do the best I can to keep putting out content. But that's going to be it for episode 40. Thank you for listening. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. This has been Mr. Benfica. We'll see you next time in episode 41. Carrega Benfica. Luta pelo Benfica. Dam u 38. Hoje é dia de festa e eu quero juntar Minha voz aos milhares no estádio a cantar Ninguém pode parar, essa onda é danada É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar a vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar Esse clima de festa não vai acabar Sem mais uma vitória pra comemorar É ser bem glorioso, é o meu campeão É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer 
agora vai arrasar A vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar 